And we're back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hookworks Podcast. Coming to you a little late as usual, but this is the podcast for all things kind of fishing, not really. Hunting, (laughs) (laughs) bow fishing, and whatever other random shit Cade and I decided to talk about during each session. Today we're kind of still on like subject of outdoors at least. We are, yeah. I mean... No, we get off on our tangents, but we try to still keep it to our roots, which is what we want it to be. Yeah, I think sometimes we try too hard to get away from it, but really, that's just that's yeah. just us. I mean, so, honestly, we're gonna stop apologizing for that. <laughs> just get used to it. That's what we talk about the yeah. vast majority of our time. So that's what you're gonna hear mm-hmm. on here. Um, I don't necessarily need it, like think it should be some kind of like educational thing that. Teaches everybody about hunting. Yeah, no, because that, I need too much education to give education. Yeah, so. same here too. Yeah. But it's something that people can learn from and kind of. Or I, what I my goal is to make it a more relatable podcast and just the guys that know everything. Yeah, you know no, what I mean. I think that's I I look for that in, way to think about it. Yeah. yeah, I put I look for that in a podcast because of course I like listening to those big time podcasters that are mm-hmm. you know that's what they do for a living. Is right. Hunt. Yeah. I like listening to that. You learn a lot. I also like hearing from the more of the the poor goes poor guys like us, you know what I mean? So yeah, and that's the thing too. Like I'm the same exact way. I listen to several hunting podcasts and really enjoy listening to them. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot from them myself, but yeah, everybody's hunting situation is really different too. They are. So yeah. like, there's only so much you can take, and you have to just get out there and learn it on your own. So yeah, that's kind of like. What we're working through at this point. I mean, we've got a limited amount of properties that we hunt. Obviously, we could go chase some deer on public and stuff like that. But and the biggest thing is, like, we got the most limited amount of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So For sure. So, yeah, that's kind of what you get from us. And hopefully, like you said, it's relatable. I think yeah. that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Just I just try to be relatable on not only just the hunting and fishing and the hobbies that we have, just our day-to-day life and what we talk about and our, and our interest outside of hunting and mm-hmm. fishing even there's not a lot out there <laughs> we were yeah. talking about that earlier or yesterday we went to go get some stuff for today because we went deer prepping and i was like all right we got to shut up we got a podcast to do tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and then we we just pulled into walmart and i was like so what do we talk about now i was like i don't know i was like <laughs> another awkward silence i was like well, how's work going <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, too, after one of our phone conversations where we were kind of brainstorming podcast topics and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. um, doing a very shitty job at it. But we were talking about how we need more to talk about. Yeah. And not just kind of like wing it. Yeah. I got home from work that day and I was thinking a little bit about podcasts and topics and stuff like that. And I started thinking really hard about it. And in my day to day life, like even at work and stuff. I very rarely carry on a conversation with somebody unless it's about hunting or fishing. Right. Yeah. Like we've got a new guy that started at my work and the only conversations I've had with him were about bow fishing or hunting or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, right. That's the only way I relate to people. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I guess I'm just yeah. eat up with it. Super passionate about it. I yeah. mean, that's really like almost on my mind 24 seven. So yeah. That's just how wired, I guess, at this point. I can't help it. How wired you are, just how much of a dick, and you don't care about other people's well, hobbies. Well, that too. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, because I don't understand other people's hobbies. I'm like, if you don't hunt or fish, what the hell do you do with your life? Like, yeah, or at least, like, 
something outdoors. Yeah. Not not even necessarily hunting and fishing, but like, what do you do for the guys that, like, literally, what do you do? Right. And I know. Play video games all day? That's probably it. Probably. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys that have several other hobbies that I just don't. Like, I can can understand, you know, working on cars. You got a a hobby car or truck. I I can understand that. I can relate to that. I don't have it because I can't do that yet. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what are, what are their hobbies are. They? No, I can't think of them either. That's why it just doesn't register. I can relate mind. to guys that have livestock. I understand that because most of the time those guys don't have time to do anything else. Yeah, but I can relate to that. At least they're not inside doing something that is their mm-hmm. hobby. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was like a, a just epiphany about myself. I was like, damn. I mm-hmm. really am an asshole. Like, I don't talk to anybody <laughs> unless it's about hunting or fishing. <laughs> yep. And, like, even with all of my friends, like, that's really the majority of what we talk mm-hmm. about. Um, Ryan and I will talk about, like, guns quite a bit because we're both still kind of relatable talking. Yeah, yeah, it's still relatable for sure. Yeah. In the same realm, genre. Yeah, most of our guns are built around some sort of hunting purpose yeah so it still ties yeah. in well at least you're passionate about something i guess yeah i mean i wouldn't have it any other way no personally. it's expensive it's expensive but it's so much fun and like i don't know i just couldn't couldn't imagine not doing it <laughs> yeah yeah i i i'm glad that's what i'm doing or starting to get into but i'm also scared just because i see how much you spend on it yeah. <laughs> because I'm ate up with it, but I'm not as ate up as you are. So, yeah. but I look forward to that. I don't mind spending money on something that's going to make me happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's why you go to work every day. It's not yeah. just to live and like pay your yeah. bills. Like, you got to do enough to get some money on top of that right. and enjoy yourself too. So. Exactly. <clears throat> yep. But, as per usual, this time of year, it seems like we're actually later than we were last year, but... Yeah, we're a couple weeks later than last year. Um, today marked day one of surveillance and recon in the woods. Yep. Um, and we went <clears throat> double trouble this year compared to last year. Yeah, we're, we've got a lot more cameras on the property this year. And plan to add maybe another one yeah. or two. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely still got some room for more, even though it's a small property. There's just, as we've discussed in the past, there's so many mm-hmm. travel corridors through that place. Travel corridors, and it's just that type of property that you just, you, you've got to have that surveillance on because mm-hmm. we, we lost so many deer. And we, we talked about this on a couple of episodes ago, I believe it was. The, we probably hunt about two and a half acres yeah. legitimately. Mm-hmm. I'll give us a five acre max, but we lost so many deer and not know where they disappeared to just in within that. Right. And, and two of us hunting on that. Mm-hmm. So if we can have those cell cameras out on it, you know, we could at least see it dip down or whatever. Like, okay, we saw it on that camera, but not that camera. So he must've went this way or that way. So yeah, exactly. it'll give us a lot better idea on how to change our setups throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll give us a leg up for this coming season. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's a small property that we're hunting but with the way it lays out it's so easy for those deer to move through there and you have zero idea that they're doing it mm-hmm. so that's where i mean there's a lot of old school guys that would 
talk shit on it, but that's where we use those cameras to our advantage. Mm-hmm. We're trying to utilize them more this year so we can get a better understanding of how they're moving through, and that's yep. only going to help our chances this hunting season because we had some opportunities last season, but mm-hmm. we missed a lot of opportunities as well. We, we did miss a lot of opportunities, and uh, I, I, obviously a lot was to do on our part and our decision-making on that. Mm-hmm. Uh because we, we just expected it to be that good throughout the whole season. Right. And then I drop off yeah. like it did. Because um, we're like, oh, those deer are so unpressured. You know, we're only, for whatever reason, we think we're the only ones in the area that are probably hunting them. We're not. Yeah, we're definitely not. We can't be. <laughs> no. Uh, we think the neighbor across the fence is hunting them too during rifle. Yeah, and somebody not far behind us yeah. is doing it too. Yeah. So we heard their shot. So we're in competition yeah. of these deer that are not staying on this property. It's kind of a pass-through corridor, maybe a bedding area. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what's bedding, you know, so. That's something I really want to look into because that's something. We always suspected that they were bedding somewhere relatively close to mm-hmm. where we're hunting, which is, any whitetail hunters know, it's not ideal. Exactly. Especially, I mean, like like I said, the way our land's set up is yeah, not ideal. There's And there's guys that, there's a strategy to hunting edges of bedding areas and that sort of thing, which... Um, there's a lot of guys that do it, especially um, when they're targeting like one specific buck and they know where mm-hmm. he's betting and that sort of thing. But I'd like to talk to somebody that knows like with more experience than I am, than I have that has maybe dealt with a situation like that before. They're like, what do we do about that? I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have a choice. That's the only property we can hunt. Right. So in the area, and it's proved to be too good of a property not to hunt, mm-hmm. but we're pretty confident, especially after what we saw today, yeah. that they're betting really close and where Very they're betting close. is not ideal. Yeah. So it's not at all. So, you know, it originally could be, it could potentially be something where we absolutely cannot hunt a wind towards that. It may be. And that like, may have that been could completely blow out a hunt. It could have been our issues this whole time. It may have been. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> we had what I, what I like to call the, that doe blow bitch. Yeah. But, you know, I, it was hard to tell where she was coming from, but she could have got up from that bedding area and, you know, moved and oh, then yeah. she, got I mean, some more stiffened on and blew. Yeah. Once she catches a whiff of it, she's going to like get up and do yeah. a, a circle and yeah. kind of try and pinpoint where exactly we're at. So, so, I mean, we walked there into last season, but it's hard, so hard to tell what's a bedding area and what's not that late yeah. season with everything down. Right. And so seeing that early season may have helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. It may not be a, a place we can hunt. And I still feel like where we hunted now is still too close to that for a bedding area. Oh, yeah. But we don't have any options, like yeah. you said. We have to work with what we've got. So that, that would be why I would want to talk to somebody with more knowledge than myself just to see, like, what they would do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. It'd be interesting to know. At most, we may just leave a camera there and see yeah. what's going through. Maybe we can know what's bedding down there. Maybe it's it's just does or whatever. Um, either way, it's not helping us, obviously, right. from yeah, last it's, season. It's but definitely not an ideal situation, for sure. I mean, maybe we can gently, I don't know, maybe we can gently kind of bump their bedding area somewhere else and right. we just make sure that we're on that feed corridor. Yeah, we need him to go bed on the neighbor's property. So, he, yeah, he's, <laughs> I don't think he hunts that much, if no, at all. I so. think he only does rifle yeah. if he does. But so we need him to bed in his on his place and then just travel yeah. through ours to... yeah on their way to food or something. But like I said, I'm not stressing too hard about it yet just because of the activity we saw last year. Yeah, and I'm not either because like that was right next to our path down to the stand, timber stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you would have thought once we got there, they would have heard us or we would have heard them move, but maybe they saw us coming down. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you never know. It's very possible. So, oh, another thing we're just going to have to <clears throat> learn as the season goes on. Um, thankfully, like I said, we've got more cameras over there. One of them pretty close to that area. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can see them moving in and out of there. Kind of watch the times they're moving through. See if it looks like they're bedding down. They're like coming in front of that camera towards the bedding mm-hmm. area. And then a little while later coming back out, then we would probably have a pretty good idea that, yeah, they're probably yeah. bedded over there. So. Yeah. And we got, we went ahead and set up our, our feeder, um, the exact same place we did last year. Camera set up the exact same place we did last year because we, we talked about moving or changing some things, maybe moving that feeder closer to the tree line. Um, I mean, it's still under two big, oak trees or whatever they are yeah. but it's not off that tree line that drops down off into the the woods because it's a straight down shot into the woods down at the creek yeah but um you know we got to talking about it and it was well it's not broke yeah it kind of ended up one of those situations don't fix it because yeah. uh the our situation is we don't know yet if we're gonna put a stand there mm-hmm. but we do have the ground blind like we did last year um so if we left it where where it's sitting now we could put the stand right back where it was or the feet, the blind right back where it was or to a different option to have a better shot off. Yeah. Or even as they come in and dip down in the woods. So, yeah. And that's something that we're going to use these cameras to our advantage, see how the deer are moving, <clears throat> kind of get a better understanding of what they're doing over there. And that's just going to help us make our sets. We're going to go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of guys that may be prepping sets already this early in the season. Probably. I, it's, Great, do it as early as you can. I think. Um, I think if you know the property, you know yeah, the deer, if, if it's, it's, it's ideally to do that. Right. Yeah. But we're still learning that. First year was a learning curve, and we thought we had it figured out. Then we got flip of a switch, and it right. changed. So now we got to redo. Now we're doing year two learning, mm-hmm. which I think could be a, a complete switch of what last year was. Also, yeah, we're about to find out. You know, you and I were talking about right before we started recording. Like, man. Well, kind of disappointed we haven't seen deer yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember last year when we put that first camera out, if it was like day one. But like the first picture we got was a nice buck. In the oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was, we were it like, was at least, oh, shit. It was at least the next night, if yeah. not the night of, that we put the camera out. So Yeah, and <clears throat> it's we're a little spoiled from what we saw last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I kind of partially expected to see something move through yeah, at least a doe or something but then again we did walk around trek all over mm-hmm. those woods today and um we a lot could, of yeah. a lot of guys be scolding us for it but it wasn't a scent controlled trek because no the this place is not place are so bad but i am happy to announce i did not find one and i searched for a good yeah 10 minutes i searched for like probably 15 or 20 and i found one single one so i was yeah. like that's a win for yeah. sure. We got to figure it out. Last year, I I was in a dangerous territory. Yeah. Like All Lyme's me. disease and stuff like that is nothing to no. joke around with. It's not. And I was in dangerous territory last year. Yeah. I had so many ticks on me from that property. Yeah. So we weren't taking any chances. No. We used, I forget what the like chemicals called or whatever, but I have this gear spray that's repellent. Yeah. And then we use your simple repel outdoor spray too yep. and i think tucking your pants and your boots yeah that's definitely you got to do that it's if, 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 if like if that didn't even stop it i was going to start taping the end of my yeah pants you know whatever because it, it, it is that bad and not only just like your regular 
Lone Star ticks and everything else. You got thousands of sea ticks all over you too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's dangerous territory, so it's not worth the risk of like no. trying to maintain scent control no. and go in there like that. I'm I'm not taking that risk. I don't think it hurt hurts us really that mm-hmm. bad. Those deer they're living in somewhat of like a residential area, so that kind of yeah. used to some odd smells for the yeah. most part. So it's yeah. just something we gotta works what we got yep. yeah i don't think because we didn't do it last year we didn't or anything last year i think we did like towards like the end of prep we started maybe but yeah, the first time we that, out, that's we when did. i bought the stuff that i used today yeah. i bought it last year and we use it a couple times but mm-hmm. yeah now at this point i'm not going out there without it until it freezes good and solid <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh not nothing to joke around with no i mean I don't know. Is Rocky Mountain fever the same thing as Lyme disease? No, I think it's something different, yeah, but it's also really, yeah. really bad. Like, yeah. and it, I, it, it may be one or both of them, but it's something like you don't lose. Like you don't, you don't always get rid of it. No. Like if you catch Lyme disease early enough, I think it's treatable and they can essentially kill it off. But mm-hmm. if you don't catch it in time, I think it's something you can live with forever. Yep. Um, or and, it, it'll do. Um, I don't remember exactly what it does, but I know you could be possibly paralyzed with mm-hmm. it. Um, our um, tax preparer had it, and she walked with a cane now. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing to joke around with. You know, before, whenever I was younger and in high school, I was like, oh, they're just ticks, you know. Pop yeah. them off, you know, just make sure you get the head out and you're good. Right. But, you know, get older and wiser a little bit and yeah, you start, start thinking about this thing. A little more seriously. Like, oh, if I don't, if I can't work, then I don't have money and... <laughs> you know, I probably should start taking care of yeah, myself, exactly. you know, so. And, well, and it, I've never had it that bad before, like, experienced mm-hmm. that bad of a tick infestation. Yeah. So, I'd never really thought about it before, because even the other property that I hunt. Which amazes me. I don't, I can't tell you if I've ever pulled a tick off of me from that yeah, property. I don't, and I don't, I, I'm, I use scent control when I move out there. I don't yeah. wear any kind of repellent. So, it's just crazy in that area how different mm-hmm. it is, but. Yeah, I never took it that seriously until now. And there's some other kind of disease that, like, prevents you from ever eating red meat again. It might be not. It could be one of them. I forget which one it is, but... Let us know if you don't do know that. Yeah. I'm actually curious. I guess we could Google it, but I would If I couldn't eat red meat again, what would I do with myself? Because I can't eat that much chicken. What's the point in whitetail hunting if I can't eat meat? (laughs) Oh. Dude, yeah, that would be a life ruiner right there. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. So I'd have to have, I mean, could you eat it and take like a, some sort of pill? I don't, I don't know. Or some type of no idea, but yeah, something I don't want to catch. I don't want to play games with. So, although I did get whatever I walked through that like stung my legs Mm -hmm. is like left bumps. It was a thistle. Yeah, I think it was. Was I, whenever we were coming back out, I was like, Ooh, that's probably what it was. Yeah. It felt like it must've been thistle. It got me good on both legs. I was like two minutes into the walk. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we got um, two more cameras out. The second camera actually we put up in pretty well the same spot too, down in the timber by where our ladder stands at. Because um, we, we thought, once again, first of the season prep, let's just stick to our guns with what we know where we saw mm-hmm. deer. Um, so actually, the first place we, we put camera up last year is where we never even hunted. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even hunt there once. We we put a camera there too, and a camera um, by the stand. So really, the only new camera, new location that we put is where we think they're betting at. Right. And uh, I'm trying to remember last year why we put the ladder stand where we did. 
I think because just the setup seems so good because it's just that hill that looks like it'll be a good funnel area going down through there. And in my mind, it still would work like that, but it's not working like that. Yeah, really. it's not working like we expected, which is crazy because it looks still like that. The trails are through there. They, they still are. I don't know yeah. why we're not picking them up. We just didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. We saw a deer in that sit. And we they, did. They, but they just came from all over the place, which we kind of expected. But but like, like we've said several them. times, there's so many trails. You cannot uh, just pinpoint one. Right. So I think we kind of just threw up a... That looks like it could be because there were several trails kind of leading to mm. they're kind of combining into one. But what I think, like where we have that camera now and that little food pile, whatever, last year there was several trails coming down into one and then it kind of went right in front of where that camera was and that's where it went over the fence. Yeah. And so that was about a 30 yard shot, roughly 35 to 25, whatever it was, probably closer to 30 from the stand. So I think that was kind of our mindset there. We'll catch them coming down from the feeder, crossing over or coming. Yeah, down. <clears throat> which they did that, but they kind of hugged up closer to where we now think they're betting, and they kind of came down that right. fence line and hopped. Yeah, over. they hugged that fence line pretty hard last yeah. season. So, or they came straight behind us, which I think you know we were talking about how you saw those does go straight behind that tree. Yeah. So that trail that whenever we first went to the other side, mm-hmm. that, it's it's always there. Oh yeah. So that's a very well-used trail there. That's yeah. that's where I want to put another camera at. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're using to go back and forth. Um, yeah, that would give us a good idea of like the middle of the property, which is kind of the blind spot we have right yeah. now. Because whenever I was in the timber during the rut, and they were chasing a shit ton back yeah. there, that's what they were using yeah, back and forth. Like side right, to side on that hillside right yep. there. Yeah. yeah, they were going from, because we'd see them on that camera over there, because we still had that camera. Yeah. And then they'd run over here, run back over there, run over here. Mm-hmm. So I think put a camera there the next time one of us can snag one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of set would look like if we wanted to do a set there, but. Um, yeah, we could probably work something on like kind of towards the bottom, the base of that hill if we really wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, but like I said, we're going to learn just from what we've got so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it should give us a better idea of how they're moving through and then that's kind of how we'll yeah. figure out the sets. I think just the areas we have are, are watching so far pretty solid potential for sets. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, we made sure of that just yeah. in case like, all right, that's locked in. Mm-hmm. We went ahead and picked out, all right, we got a tree there, tree there. You yeah. Know. You want to keep that camera somewhere in yeah. the vicinity so that you know if, Hey, if I need a tree here, I can use that one yeah. and have decent shooting lanes and whatnot, which we got unlucky all the storms that have moved through here mm-hmm. through that area recently are just knocking over all the trees that we yeah, like we're, that i area. would like last like we said last year the last day we went and picked up our cameras in the feeder mm-hmm. we wanted to go up and look at that area because we knew all the deer were going through there right there where we said the bedding area was and i vividly remember pointing at that tree like that's the tree we're going to use because there's good cover around yeah. it because we pinpoint, because like I, I remember us talking about like we need to remember what trees look good mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, that's the tree that got blown in half. Yeah, it literally snapped in half. <laughs> and the next best tree, it was blown against. Yeah, so. it was leaning on. The broken portion was leaning on. So now we can't use either of them. Yeah, so we don't need the light fall breeze of 23 <laughs> to take that down while we're in a stand, you know? Oh, yeah, that would scare the absolute yeah. shit out. <laughs> and even the tree that our stand's in, and a pretty good size limb come down, yeah, it and it would have had to fall 
feet from it. Oh, yeah. I'm so thankful I didn't tear that thing down, but... Yeah, that would have sucked. Yeah. But that's probably why you shouldn't be lazy and pull your stands in the off-season, but... Yeah, yeah. We're too lazy. For yeah. Me, so. <laughs> I <laughs> did climb up, and it, it all was... Potentially deal with the consequences. <laughs> it all still looks good, so... Yeah. And I, I was up there, and I was like, I don't remember that seat staying up that well. I'm like, oh, Curtis tied that, so shit didn't get all in it. Yeah. I didn't want like coons getting up there and yeah, sitting in it yeah. and messing with it. So I'm surprised that stayed because I, f- I think I did the same thing to the stand like that that I have in Haskell. Mm-hmm. And I think my seat's already fallen down. Oh, yeah. I don't think my tie jaw worked. Yeah. But. Well, I, I didn't think about that. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, like, we ended up there? coming into it early season. There'd be a nest of something sitting right in mm-hmm. the or something. But Yeah. Also... I want to know what everyone else's like plan of attack is with their own deer prep um, and how, how heavy hitting you are when it comes to deer season. Like, you know, a lot of guys are middle of September. They'll start doing something. Yeah. Um, other guys are probably way before us. or Maybe guys don't ever take cameras down. Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot of guys that run them year round. Which would be cool. I don't want to pay for that. It'd be cool, but yeah, no, I no. As many cameras as I'm running this season, yeah, that would be an expensive year. <laughs> but I do want to know other people's um, prep plans and what they use for in front of their cameras. You know, um, because we we were going to use Rice brand in front of all our cameras this year. I'm like, yeah, we'll go pick up a bag. Can't find it. Yeah, and we don't know why. I mean, I don't know if it's an early season thing or there's some kind of shortage or. Maybe they I don't just, know enough I don't, about the, I, I don't either. To be completely honest. But that's one thing I was curious about, too. Um, I've never really heard, which it depends on the state you're in as well. Some states yeah. it's illegal. But I'm curious to know, like, especially guys that do similar setups to us where they'll throw a feeder on a property and then go throw some cameras up on trails and that thing surrounding mm-hmm. it. Do other, like, how often? How many other people utilize like a mineral or something like we're doing? Right. That really seemed to work for us last it year. It did. Yeah. We just threw that mineral on the ground in a trophy rock mm-hmm. and it seemed to help. Granted, the stuff we like, the powder stuff we poured out, that went quick. They didn't really mess with the trophy rock mm-hmm. all that much, to be yeah. honest. They really ate up the powder. Yeah. But that's something that I have found, especially kind of learned last year. I like some kind of powdery mineral like yeah. that, even if you're not going to feed it year round in those spots. Mm-hmm. But something that they can smell from a long ways away yeah. to attract them in just to start doing that surveillance and get them in the area. Yeah. Especially on that property, if you get them close enough to where we have those cameras in the timber to that mineral that we put out, they're close enough that they're going to realize that, that corn's up there towards the front yep. and start making their way up there. So once they find that corn, we're fine. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we want. Yeah. We want to use the timber to catch them while they're traveling between bedding and feeding exactly. and that sort of thing. So. But I wonder how many people actually do that or if guys prefer, if somebody's done both, like what are the pros mm-hmm. and cons right. if they found it hurts to throw some kind of mineral out? Yeah. And I feel like every guy is going to have their, you know, their secret, secret sauce, I'll call it or whatever, you know, yeah. their concoctions or um, everyone's opinions are going to be different. But also in my opinion, everyone's deer are different. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, I think what'll work in Sand Springs may not work at all in Haskell for mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, and vice versa. Well, I know that to be true just based on the fact that the property you and I hunt together, 
we find them super early season. Mm -hmm. Whatever feeding pattern they're on, that property is a big part of their early season patterns. Yeah. My property in Haskell, we don't see bucks early season. For mm -hmm. whatever reason, they're not traveling through there. I've never taken it, which in years past, I didn't really prep early enough to get it, but I've never seen a buck in velvet on that property. Yeah. And really early season, we've got some scrub bucks that come through, but really it's like the first week of November. That's when yeah. the mature bucks show Whenever up on you, the property. You know they're starting to chase. It's proved that way for the past like three or four years that I've been really yeah. running cameras hard on that property. First week of November, you can almost guarantee there's yeah. going to be some mature bucks show up. Yeah. But before that, don't count on it because they're just not there. So, which I mean, what's the range on? I know like a non chasing buck, their range is at least five mile radius from where they're. Yeah. I've never really, I don't think I've looked that up specifically. I've heard just talking to buddies and other hunters and stuff like that. I've heard countless different numbers. Right. I can imagine it's got to be at least a few miles just in their early season patterns. Yeah. Normal, yeah. normal traffic. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to know like what is a more factual chasing bug, what, how, how hard they'll go. Yeah. And that, I think you're going to have those outliers, especially yeah, some bucks run way harder than others. Yeah. There was, I just, I know for the property that in Haskell that I was hunting last year, man, I had one buck that every time I sat on the South set of that property, I could count on seeing him chase a doe. He would really? chase it out through me every time. Yeah. He wasn't a, like, he was borderline buck. Like, I thought about it one time. I had him at 35 yards. He didn't stay there very long, so I would have had to make the decision quick. Mm -hmm. but he was borderline like, man, I need to kill another buck with my bow just to get that experience. I was like, I could have shot him, but yeah. I just can't do it. I want to, I've I got that mindset, you know, I don't want to shoot anything smaller than I've got on the wall, which maybe yeah. that's something I need to relax a little bit on. Maybe so. Get those kills under my belt and get more comfortable with you know, it. I think if you're not shooting, you know, a tiny little basket rack or little spike. Yeah. I think that deer was probably a max of like three years old. Yeah. Um, he wasn't tiny, but he wasn't real big either. Mm -hmm. But it was crazy. He was, he was rutting the hardest out of any deer I saw. I mean, it was full on. The first time I saw him, it actually scared me. I was sitting because I had two, two stands on that south side of that property mm -hmm. and I was sitting there and it was like dead quiet. And all of a sudden I just hear <laughs> just the loudest, gnarliest grunt. And I couldn't see anything at the time that I heard it. I was like, oh, I've got a 150 inch buck working in on me right now. Oh my the God. sound of that grunt, dude. I was like, oh, this is happening. I grabbed the bow and I was getting ready. And I was like looking through the timber and I saw his ass chase a doe through and like jump the fence to the neighboring property. I was like, golly that little yeah. buck just let out that grunt dude Jeez. it blew my mind yeah but yeah it's it's as i was saying some deer just rut way harder than others so i mm -hmm. think you can have that that chase yeah. radius to be a lot larger but yeah that that one that last year that worked up underneath me that was chasing that one i think it had been the same buck yeah uh he never grunted anything like that all he did was blow he wasn't blowing at me Oh yeah, you know he was he was looking at the dome blowing, but even that was freaking cool being able to watch him do that. You know, oh dude, there's there's really like nothing more exciting than watching a buck. Chase dude, and I don't remember what the temperature was or anything, but watch him do it and just watching the steam come out of yeah. his nose, dude, that's giving me chills right now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I feel like he was chasing fairly hard because he never 
he came right up to me and he i think he was gonna go up towards you obviously we made eye contact i've told the story several times on here but we stood there and looked at each other for a little bit but then he just went back and chased that other doe yeah you know, he, he didn't give a shit that i was there you yeah know. sometimes they don't man yeah so if i if i you know looking back now would have done things a couple different you know he probably would have walked underneath me and possibly could have got a shot off if yeah. i would have grabbed my boat and had a good time so um but no that that is really cool to be able to see that and just get that feeling i could only imagine that grunt though yeah that's honestly like i've heard some bucks grunt i've heard a lot of little bucks let out small grunts and stuff like that but that's probably one of the gnarliest things i've heard in the woods like i mm-hmm. i really hadn't heard it to that extent before yeah and it got me pumped up yeah. <laughs> i was freaking out and for a while i could hear him running around and i couldn't even I, I still couldn't see him because I was I was pretty high up in a tree. It's the hang on that I have back there, and it's pretty right. high up, so I couldn't see like down below the like canopy of the timber. <laughs> and uh, you good? Yeah, stop. I just think I had my headphones on backwards. I think now you have them on backwards. Do I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. It's Kay's first podcast. He's still learning how this works. I had it like a headband a second ago. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. But, uh, no, so I was looking through the tree and I still couldn't see him. And I didn't like want to break out my grunt call and be too aggressive with him. But I had this, or like I had a branch over here next to me and I like gently snapped off a twig on it, like a stick. And I just started raking my tree, trying to see if he would be like, what the hell is that over mm-hmm. there? And he ended up not giving a single shit. He chased that doe over the fence and onto the other property. But yeah. I was I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is going to be the buck. I'm going to get to yeah. shoot one while he's chasing the doe. Like, unfortunately, it didn't work out Dude, that way. But the, I think the most, like, dream of mine, as far as, you know, whitetail hunting goes, is to be able to call a very decent buck in. Yeah. Like, being able to grunt him in or rattle him in. Mm-hmm. That would be the ultimate kill, I think. Yeah, I see that a lot, like just watching videos or listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Some guys can utilize the calls so much to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Never really been like felt like it works for me like that. Yeah. Like maybe it's because I don't know the tactics well enough. Maybe. Um I just don't have enough experience with it. Maybe you just have to try it more. Like I've let out some grunts and stuff and tried mm-hmm. to I've I've used grunts to get Bucks attentions attention right. before and stuff like that, but Never really been able to just, like you said, just rattle one in or yeah. call one in like that. I think that would be the most badass story to it. Oh, yeah. No, that would, be, that would be a cool way to get it done. Yeah. Because I, I can only imagine, you know, coming from, you know, you, you can call a group of ducks in, right? Right. And just that feeling like, all right, we just did that. Yeah, there's nothing better than actually, like, calling in a group of ducks and having them just lock up straight yeah. in the decoys. Like, there's no so, other feeling. I feel like if you can, like, I'm... Like contain all that times ten. Oh yeah. If you even got a halfway decent buck to come in on a rattle mm-hmm. or a grunt, dude, so much more badass, I think, than oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, that'd be sweet. But that's a goal of mine, and it may not be even like a I don't know, maybe it's not like an Oklahoma thing as far as like you said, being able to successfully utilize that. Maybe maybe it yeah, is, maybe it's not. I know some guys that, that do some rattling and have kind of used it to their advantage, but I can't think of any guys that like have that story like that yeah. you know like oh rattled him in he came stomping in pissed off ready to fight yeah and so i mean maybe it maybe it doesn't work as well here i don't know i have no idea that's another question i'd have for someone to answer that yeah. one 
but you know maybe maybe one day we get just the hankering and we got tags filled and we just kind of want to screw with doing that maybe yeah that'd be fun to do yeah that's the other thing about it i'm always pretty cautious i don't want to ruin, ruin uh, yeah by doing that i'm like okay maybe if i just stay quiet make my presence completely unknown yeah. hopefully it works its way in yeah that's that's kind of what i resort to most of the time play it safe mm-hmm. but yeah it'd be it'd be cool to get a little more risky with it and see how well it works yeah especially if you can, you know like we might be at the advantage to maybe possibly try that if we can uh, if this property works out kind of the same way it did last year, you know, we can tag out a buck and a doe mm-hmm. or something like that early season. We can probably kind of afford to try some things like oh, that yeah. and experiment with different things on not having to risk losing our whole season on not tagging anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with this property that we've set up, that we are prepping today, I think our best chances from what we've seen so far are going to be super early season. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, yeah, that'd be nice if we could, fill a tag on a nice buck early season and then get a little more adventurous oh, yeah. season. If we, if we see the rut activity picking up, I mean, I know there's, but there's bucks chasing on the property. We, I mean, you saw one in person and we've seen mm-hmm. trail camera pictures that suggest it as well. Yep. So, um, but we haven't seen like a crazy amount of it. Right. On the property. So it'll be interesting to see how different it is this year. Right. So exactly. We, get some more activity on there, but yeah, that would, uh, that's going to be the most ideal thing. And I think that's the best prediction we can make right now is that, you know, you and I have talked about it. We've got to maximize everything we can early season mm-hmm. because that's just what we know. Um, yeah. From, from previous year, um, which I think, you know, if we do it right, I think we, we didn't even hunt the first two weeks of opening season of October. No. Or maybe even three. I don't remember now, but yeah, I don't. Remember. So we wasted three three whole weeks at the beginning of the season that we could have probably taxed. Something. Yeah, that we definitely should have. Yeah, um, and I think we definitely could have because they were daylighting. Yeah, they were daylighting really well. So we kind of screwed that up. I don't remember why we didn't at this point, but yeah, there's no doubt. But that's that's the. The change that we're making for sure this year is we're going to hunt mm-hmm. a lot harder early season on that property. I think that's going to be the ticket for us. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, if we hunt hard early season and fill a tag, then the rest of the season is just hunt when it's right. You know, yep. you don't have to force any hunts if the wind's not right or the weather's not right, right or if yeah. the activity's not right. Because, I mean, as much as you, it's still enjoyable and it's still fun, it's still your passion. Honestly, when that weather freaking sucks, it's miserable. Oh, yeah. And it, and it makes it to where you're like, man, is this even worth it? Yeah. And it, it starts dragging on, you know. It definitely can. And it's just, it's not ideal for properties if you're just over-pressuring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you're just like, it's maybe it's your only option or something like that. It's it's not ideal. I think, I think the most ideal thing we could do, um, that or the ideal season for this year, is if we can both tag kind of early season, mm-hmm. let it sit till about November until we know that rut's hitting. Yeah. Then go back out there. Yeah. You know, maybe just go out there enough to keep battery cameras up and fo- corn mm-hmm. in the feeder. Let us sit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would definitely be the perfect world. Hopefully, but we can make something happen. We don't know. Obviously, it's probably not going to work like that, but <laughs> never really goes according to plan. Yeah. But I'm going to take a quick beer break. Hmm. <sighs> 
right. The beers take a little more prep tonight. We went fancy with it. We did. We've got a beer fridge in the in the podcast room, and usually it's just stocked with Coors Light and the occasional Yingling. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's been in it so far. <laughs> so I've been wanting to like keep a variety of beer in here at all times. So I went and got a six pack of bottled Dos Equis, and then I got. If we had a video podcast, you'd see that me and Curtis are like diehard Oklahoma State fans. Yeah. <laughs> it was unplanned, but we both wore Oklahoma State like fishing shirts. Today. Yeah. And so I was at QT, our quick trip, and uh, I was wanting to get, you know, another six pack of something that's not our usual. Mm-hmm. And so I saw our Oklahoma's own Oklahoma State's uh, beer. Yeah, from Iron Monk or whatever. Yeah, Iron Monk or something like that. Which I thought for some reason they only sold in like Stillwater area. I don't know why I thought that, but well, it, I think it started out like that. Maybe so. I'm maybe it was sure. like stadiums. Yeah, and I stuff think like it that. was. So I saw that. I was like, oh, definitely got to try that. Yeah. But the, also, I was looking up that they got all kinds of different like Tulsa brewed beers and stuff up there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try. So we'll start adding some of those to the the podcast. Uh, Bridge here in the near future too yeah well the problem that we just realized is when we do something like this like the dose that case with lime it doesn't stay in the fridge that's, true. that's <laughs> fine that's what it's meant to be for is to drink so it. the the variety pack doesn't last very long no but like so we when i last weekend i was here what i was here it was random but the porter peach festival is going on so we went and walked downtown and stuff you know mm-hmm. and uh I, this is the first time I've been there. This is hitting early. Yeah, you're struggling. Been there that they've served alcohol because usually it's not. So they had some wine and other kind of tastings and stuff like that and uh, margarita stuff. And that was way too expensive. It was like $17 for a little drink. Good grief. So um, we were walking by and saw a booth. There was a Tulsa Brew Beer uh, booth there. I don't remember what it's called. I got the card in my wallet. But they're like in South Tulsa where they're or off <laughs> Memorial or somewhere. Uh, anyway, but they're a, they're a lager, kind of a darker beer, Yeah. but they kind of reminded me of what we drank the other night or that one time, that one podcast. Oh yeah. They were super good. Really? I went and had like six of them. <laughs> I kept going back and there were 16 ounces. They were so good. Nice. So I was going to go there today and get some of those. We just didn't make it to Tulsa to do that. Yeah. So we'll have to do that in the near future too. But yeah. <clears throat> sorry for that rant about beer. <laughs> It just made me think of the stroke you had today while we were setting up cameras with you. <laughs> I wish we had that on film, but we didn't. I don't even know what happened or what I was trying to say, do you? I don't remember. You you said something to me, and I didn't hear it, but clearly you knew you fucked it up. So you were just like, uh, I don't I don't know. And then you started mumbling. <laughs> and I was like, are you having a stroke? <laughs> What is wrong with you? <laughs> I get a nod of my head. Um, yeah, I was yeah. Genu- genuinely concerned with your health for a second. So was I. I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't get my words out at all. And it was like, a, oh no, I asked, do you want your GoPro? But it came out, <laughs> it was something, it wasn't even that good. So I'm glad you didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, Confused. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I we have laughed, at times. laughed pretty hard at that one for a minute. Oh, yeah. But I don't know where we just left off on the deer prep or what we were talking about. Yeah, I don't either. I think we were talking about calling yeah. one in, I think, or something like well, that. Well, and capitalizing early season yeah. for this property. Yeah. Um, 
it's kind of where we're focused at. I got to plan the, the panhandle trip this year around it. Mm-hmm. I already told Ryan that him and I are going to have to schedule it on like within the first two weekends of deer season, whichever one you're going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. That's when him and I will go out and make a trip to the panhandle. Um, try to capitalize on some speed goats this year. I'll have all my fingers intact. Hopefully, um, knock on wood and, uh, <laughs> hopefully be able to actually hunt this year. Last year, I just kind of played bumper with the truck while Ryan was out in the field, Yeah, but yeah, hopefully nothing like that happens again. And, uh, that should be a lesson to everyone to wear gloves, even though you may not think you need to. Yeah. Just be careful when it comes to, I think, I don't I think that, that mindset has changed these days. Like whenever I first got into hunting, like m- myself, my brother, who I learned most of my like hunting tactics from, mm-hmm. um, and even all my friends that whitetail hunted, like it was never really a priority to be safe. Yeah. Nobody wore safety harnesses. Everybody just like hung a stand in a tree and go sit in it yeah. and stuff like that. I think that's changed. I think it helps with uh, like the podcast and stuff like that. A lot of those guys kind of are adamant about it, which I think mm-hmm. is a good thing now. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And safety harness is a whole whole other story than just smashing your finger. But oh, yeah. it's like you need to be smart while you're out there. Yeah. Like, and it, don't get in rushes when exactly. it comes to things because like potentially like i i genuinely could have changed the way i hunt forever yeah last year if i if that would have hit like higher up on my finger or like completely you, you weren't wearing a glove yeah no, i it, think that glove saved your finger it, i think it really did and truth be told the only reason i was wearing a glove is because it was 95 degrees and the stand that we were putting up was hot yeah and i would have at metal. the time i would have been calling you a bitch exactly yeah <laughs> that's the only reason i was even wearing a glove but i yeah. think it did save my finger no i get that and i'm i'm the same way at work you know i'm messing with all kinds of shit doing flatbed and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to buy just a little thin mechanics gloves. That way I can really feel my chains and, you know, everything like that and, and my straps and I, d- I don't have to fumble with it as bad. Yeah. But even doing that, I've seen so many, you know, things, things happen to guys' hands mm-hmm. while you're loading or offloading. Cause sometimes you got to kind of, depending on what you're getting loaded with, you kind of got to help load and stuff. And no, a glove may not save everything, but it's first line of defense. Yeah. It can, it can and, do a lot. Yeah, even even just like smashing your finger like you did can ruin so many things if you don't have the proper gloves on. So I've oh, yeah. I've always made sure now that I've always got leather gloves on. Yeah, it's a good thing. And like I said, back to the safety harness thing. And I don't really think anybody has this mindset anymore these days. But you're not cool if you're not wearing a safety no. harness. Like it's not. I, cool I don't think to you're a badass. Way. No, I don't care how low or how high you are. Yeah, I think you need it. Now, granted, we didn't. I don't think. I'm still a little laxed on it. If I'm yeah. sitting in a ladder stand that's not super high off the ground, I'm pretty confident in a ladder stand. I don't always wear it. Yeah. Like I should, I'm probably going to go ahead and buy one this year, even for how low to the ground ours is. Yeah. It's it's not a bad idea. Because, I mean, my mindset is, you know, if I was single and I screwed up myself, okay, that's on me. Right. I can suffer through whatever financial hardship I go through. Yeah. But now, if you have family depending on you and kids depending on you mm-hmm. and you're the only one making that money a fall from a tree stand even at 13 feet can do a lot of damage um or however high ours is i don't know what ours is we have one ladder out but it doesn't matter one fall landing the wrong way or catching something on the way down can ruin so many things yeah so 
I will be buying one this year, even though I didn't last year. But. Well, yeah, and that's the thing too that I go back and forth with on with Dakota because he hasn't like bought one of his own. I have one, and him and I kind of swap off when we hunt the property that we hunt mm-hmm. together. If somebody's in a ladder stand, you're probably fine. But if you're in a hang-on stand, you need to be yeah. in a safety harness, and really, you need to be in one regardless. Yeah, but it only takes one off. one thing to go wrong. Yeah, so that's what it would be good for you to get one. Because then, like you and I ha- wouldn't have to share one, and I need right. to, I, w- I need Dakota to get one too, so that whether you want to or not, it's not that big of a deal. No, you can set them up if you set them up properly; they don't affect your hunt and your ability to exactly. shoot or anything like that. You just need to go ahead and wear them all the time, and I still need to get better about it. Yeah. But and I'm, you know, I'm gonna forget about getting one until I'm up in the tree stand again. I'm sure. I'll so, remind you. <clears throat> you know, I that's that's how it was last year. I kept forgetting about it until i was yeah. and i was like mm, be nice to have a harness just in case yeah because i mean you're comfortable and i think you're, you're right if you're in especially that ladder stand yeah that thing's huge <laughs> you, you've got to kind of try to mess something up yeah. you know um especially with that seat if you have like a two by two square to walk on it seems like mm-hmm. you know yeah. but not paying attention that one time can or Getting antsy. If you got a big buck yeah. in front of you and you you're go not to crawl and you try to adjust your feet, you can step off that platform for sure. Yep. And you're done for. Yeah. So safety first, guys. Yep. And I think I think that's I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we we're thinking about not just trying to be a bullshit all the time. I was like, I'd like to start actually advocating for more safety because I, I don't do that for myself. And that's yeah, that's no. almost like a accountability for yourself to do. Right. And it was never something that was advocated whenever I was growing up and getting into yeah. like hunting and stuff like that. So, yeah. but like I said, I think nowadays it's, you're probably preaching to the choir a little bit, Yeah. but I definitely still know some guys that, that don't really do it. And it, right. it's, it's not worth the risk. So. No. Cause I, I also had a, in high school, whenever I worked a, for a builder here, uh, had a supervisor that fell out of one of his tree stands not wearing a harness. Mm-hmm. Fell straight straight down. Um, he got lucky and was only like six and a half months out of work for back injuries. Yeah. He got lucky. I mean, he, lucky. yeah. Because I'm sure he wasn't just in a regular ladder stand. Either. He could have been, but I don't know. Yeah. So... You know, you never know. A strap could rip. I've seen. So I'm, I work with straps every day on those back of those those stands, or not mm-hmm. stands, but those type of straps. Yeah, it doesn't take much to rip those. No, and especially when they sit out in the sit out there, even like brand that. new ones. Yeah. I rip brand new ones. It does not take much to rip those. Yeah, certain barks you land it just right, you tweak it just right, going up or down, mm-hmm. it's done. That thing's twisting. So, ladder stand or not, I think if you're relying on nylon straps to hold you there. <laughs> probably not a bad idea to have at least another line of defense there yeah. so no i definitely think it's a good thing and yeah there's your safety tip for us from or for you from us for this episode <laughs> i don't know english is tough man yeah stroke victim number two <laughs> that's not something to joke about either after no, saying no. <laughs> I try to be serious. I just can't. No, it doesn't work. Mm-mm. But no, I think so far. Ooh, our, our prep has been pretty simple. I think we're probably behind a lot of guys, like a lot of. I'm after being out there today, I'm behind on my book. Yeah. 
compared to what we started last year, of course. Well, yeah. I think our key out there is starting in about June. Middle of June. Yeah, I mean... We're not, we're not late, but I just want to, you know... I think it's, it's something you should start really thinking about. I mean, even aside from the, the scouting and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which a lot of guys that get started super early, they're prepping plots. They're spraying exactly. plots and yeah. stuff like that. That's a big part of the early season that you need to get to a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good to get them out early if you, you need to. It's, if you know yeah. the property, then maybe you necessarily don't right. want to do that much. But Yeah, exactly. I don't think we're too bad. Uh, we, like I said, we probably started behind some of the real go-getter guys and stuff like that. Nothing mm-hmm. really matters, but I think we're we're in a good spot. I think we've got plenty of time and that sort of thing. Um, plenty of time. Now, at this point, we're just sitting and watching cameras. We're going to yeah. use that scouting as our tool to decide where we're hanging our sets this year. Mm-hmm. We're going to give it about a month. Of just watching cameras and then get out there and decide where we want to put stands, blinds, and that sort of thing. Adjustments and everything. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think I think that's the best thing we can do. And I think and I don't think we're behind. No. I just like, you know, last year was so nice seeing their habits that early and seeing them in velvet and then their velvet come off, which we're still going to be in velvet now. Yeah, they're still in velvet. But we're still going to see them. You know, it's. I'm just anxious to see. What's going to change from next year? I'm also scared to see what's going to change from next year. Um, I'm excited to see who's showing up from last year because we had that's yeah that's what I'm most excited about, dude. Because we had ten catalog bucks on there. Yeah, we had like ten bucks that realistically either one of us would have shot. There's Mm -hmm. some guys that would pass them because they definitely have potential. They weren't Mm -hmm. super old bucks. And I think it's yeah we kind of had the same mindset there. They had room to grow, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of bucks that I I wouldn't be able to pass up. Mm -hmm. So if we get even half of those bucks returned, we're gonna have some bruisers on camera this year, and I cannot wait to see it. I was looking the other day, just scrolling through all the like HD photos that I requested on my camera apps Mm -hmm. and stuff like that that I have saved, and I was like, God, he was big last year. If he comes back, he's gonna be a bruiser. Because they're not old deer. No. There we might have had one halfway old one out. We had one pretty old one that showed up later in the season, and he's one of them that was chasing pretty hard while we were actually out there. That may have been the one I saw. Yeah, I think that was I think it was him. Yeah. Um he and you could tell by his body he was super old. He didn't have a really impressive rack or anything like that. Yeah, that was pretty jacked up, but still a cool old buck. I would have shot him. I should have shot him. Yeah. But um no, I'm excited to see what comes back. Um now that we got that part done though, the the prep at home starts. We, gotta, we gotta get the bows out. We should have that today. I couldn't I didn't. We should have no, I slept for most of today <laughs> after <laughs> we went out there this morning. Um allergies were kicking my ass, took a Benadryl, not smooth out. <laughs> I love those uh self-induced naps <laughs> yeah, it was nice but i woke up and i was like damn i slept way too long i'll be up all night <laughs> you wake up at like seven it is a little bit before six but i went to sleep about 1 30 oh okay well i mean that's still a long time it was really long like it was oh, an aggressive God. nap yeah because i texted you i was like it was right around six yeah i was seeing if you wanted dinner and then i texted again and said burgs are almost done yeah, I saw I saw your messages. I just didn't even open them till later. But yeah, we went to I went to go get beer, and I and I looked at my phone. I was like, "That bitch." 
I was also already eating dinner at the house yeah. when you texted me that, but I saw you read it at six oh nine. Yeah, which was about an hour later, I think. I don't remember. I don't know. Either, Either way, way slept did. too long today, but yeah, so didn't get anything else done after our scout mission prep mission. But no, now we got to get the break the bows out, yeah. get back into our rhythm. I need to at least get my bow out tomorrow. Yeah. Shoot it for 10, 15 minutes at the very least. At the very least, yeah. Definitely need to shoot. I still got some... I got to put new strings and cables on my bow because they're getting worn out. So I need to get that done pretty quick. Get that on the ball. Get some arrows built and start shooting. Yeah. back in the rhythm. I need to make sure to get better at it. And, uh, you know, I talked about it with you maybe today or yesterday. I don't remember when it was that... Another thing that I want to do for practicing as far as shooting, especially for me, and you said you'd like to do it too, is actually whenever we go out for to hang some sets up or something, is actually take the target and go sit up in, in, in our sets yeah, and practice. Right. From the blind even. I mean, yeah, you're sitting in a chair but doing it, but, you know, it's good to get that practice in. I want to practice from up in the tree too. Yeah. No, it's it's a good thing to do. I think that's something that not a lot of archery hunters really do. Yeah. Um, but I think it can make a big difference if you get comfortable doing that. And even yeah. me personally, I haven't really made the effort to get comfortable doing that. I always try to shoot from a seated position a little bit every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really focus on getting elevated. Yeah. So most, I mean, the two deer I've killed with my bow, those are almost the only shots I've taken from an elevated position. So Right. Yep. I'd like to try it. and um... It's smart and it's more ethical to get practice in those positions so because i want to make sure you know for me as much of a novice that i am i want to make sure that i'm maximizing as much as i can as far as practice wise with the time that i got and uh i just think it'd be a good thing to do i gotta have you watch me as i do it and vice versa yeah you know what i mean yeah i think because i want to like you said i want to make the most ethical shot that i can and me being such a novice i want to make sure that i can master that the best i can yeah and i think the biggest thing for you like the best thing that's going to help you is just repetitive exactly. shooting in yeah. general because you you did really well last year. I was impressed with where you started from how little yeah. experience you had shooting bows. Like you had shot ours in the past a little yeah, bit. Just every once in a while. Yeah, like I was impressed with where you started last year, but the more you do it, it just gets, you get that muscle memory mm-hmm. and you get so more confident, so much more confident. It'll help you so much more. So yeah. that'll be the biggest thing from you is just putting arrows through that bow. Right. Start shooting as much as you can every chance you get. Yep. Even if it's short sessions, like you were saying, go out, shoot for 20 minutes or something like yeah. that whenever you get the chance. I mean, that's a freaking workout. Yeah. Even if it's just tw- like 20 yards, doesn't necessarily matter yeah. the distance. You just need that repetitive shooting. And I do too, still. I mean, I've shot, I don't know how many arrows through a bow at a target, but even mm-hmm. I still need to just get back into it. Yeah. Start doing that repetitive. Yeah. Because I mean, my, from fence to fence in my backyard is 20 yards, maybe it's just a few feet less. So. I can do that all day long. I do want to start stepping that up. You know, we need to have some shoot days too. And yeah, get, you know, the 30, 40, 50 yards in. And, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that. I mean, mm-hmm. I love shooting, especially if you can get like your buddies out there with you and like shoot yeah. together and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. we need to do more. Exactly. Get Dakota out there with us and shoot. Yep. But <laughs> Ryan sent me a picture today. He was in Kansas City at Shields and he sent me a picture of a t shirt. I forget exactly what it said. I need to actually go back to his message and look at it because he always gives me shit because I'm anti-gun, according to him, when it comes to deer hunting. Oh, yeah. I'm like super against rifle hunting. 
Oh, it says bow hunter, a subspecies of hunters that prefer an actual challenge. And he was like, do you want me to get this shirt for you? (laughs) You're a dickhead, first of all. And second of all, you just ordered my gun for me that I'm using as a deer rifle. So I am going to actually rifle hunt this year. Yeah. Only because I bought a new gun. You got to use it. Break it in. That's only what it's for because I've been using an ancient rifle for the occasional time that I bring out a rifle. I think I've only like seen that gun like a handful of times, but I drool over it every time you bring it out. It's it's cool, but it needs to quit going to the woods. Yeah, it's it, a good looking. I mean, it's it, I just love it. It's it's a sweet gun, but it needs to get retired. Yeah, and kept safe. So I had the gun inch when Hen bought me a solid bolt bolt action deer rifle, and I got to kill a deer with it this year. Hopefully, my suppressor comes. I in think time. you need to get some lotion for that itch because it never stops. Okay. True. <laughs> I already want another one. I haven't even got this one yet. But uh, Also, if my suppressor comes in in time, Oklahoma is one of the states that it's legal to deer hunt with a suppressor. Yeah. So it would be really cool. Yeah, that would be. A deer with suppressor. Not that it really makes a difference, but it'd be cool. It would be very <laughs> I just cool. I yeah. want to do it. Say that so, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. So I will probably try and rifle hunt out at the Haskell property a little bit this year. Yeah. Maybe just go out, try to whack dough, fill the freezer or something. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if big bug steps out, I might not be able to control myself, so. Probably not. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to rifle hunt for once. But the focus is always the bow. I don't hate on rifle hunters. I don't think they're bad people. I just prefer to do it with the bow. Yeah. Because once you've done it once, it's addicting. So I have, yeah. I, I fully understand that statement now. Yeah, you haven't shot one yet, no. but you've been close quarters with deer now. Mm-hmm. You get it. Yeah. So that's something not a lot of people. I had to hang on to the tree to not fall out. <laughs> yeah. That's and that's why I'm buying a harness. <laughs> <laughs> that's something not a lot of people realize. They, yeah. Like, you, even if you're a deer hunter and you just rifle, you know, good for you. Like, right. get out and do your thing. I was thinking about but, that the other day, and I was not as appreciative of, I did not appreciate that time enough on how fortunate I am starting off and to be able to get that experience starting off yeah. in archery. Oh, yeah. That was badass. It's, you know, whole, yeah, it's unreal. For starters, not only did I have that experience, but there was a total of maybe one hunt that we didn't see shit. Right. Yeah. Um, no, we weren't. I wasn't in the tree every single time because we switched times, so you know, mm-hmm. but there was a total of about one time we did not see deer. Yeah, no, it, we're definitely spoiled with that property. So, I am very thankful for that because mm-hmm. I was able to get that that uh, you know that that catch. I caught on to that very quickly. Yeah, and was able to, and even have a nice shooter come in that close right. to me that that early. So I, I'm very fortunate for that and be able to experience that that early. Mm-hmm. Just get you hooked that much more. Yeah, so. it did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> but. <clears throat> I don't know how much uh, more deer prep we can ramble on. I'm sure we can for hours, but we don't want to stay here for hours for you to just ramble. I don't, do you have anything else to add? No, I think that was a solid <clears throat> deer prep session. Yeah. Um, we made that first step for the season. Now we're just scouting, doing the prep at home. Going to go hang some sets later, but we're just watching cameras right now. Fortunately enough, we can just stare at our phones to watch them. So. I know. Let the fun begin. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what shows up. Kind of bummed nothing showed up tonight, but it's whatever. I know. It's already like, like damn, the season's over. <laughs> We're not going to kill shit. There hasn't been a deer yet. 
Well, we thank you guys for listening to the Hookworks podcast. Um, of course, always go like our socials on uh, TikTok, Instagram. Go leave us a like and um, on all our videos. I need I need more views on our TikTok videos and more views on our Instagram videos. And also, don't forget to leave a lady a rating and like on um, on the pl- the platform you're listening to us on. Because mm-hmm. um, we really need those, and that's going to help put us in front of other viewers. So we we, we got to have you guys help share us. Of course, we got to do our part and you know put these out. But <laughs> unfortunately, we got to do our job. It fucking sucks. <laughs> but you know, we got to do what we got to do, and so do you. Um, so if you like what you hear, and leave us a, a rating. Other than that, you know, we hope you keep it responsibly irresponsible, and we're gonna catch you on the next one. See ya.